There really aren't enough words to explain Michael. He is a fast friend. He is a man of faith. He is into not just fitness, but whole body, whole heart, whole head health. And you know that I parallel in that conversation. So he is also a podcaster of the He Fluence podcast. And I am just so grateful that we've got connected through Clubhouse. And now you are having the opportunity to hear his wisdom firsthand. We're also going to be in a conference uh, in Denver together. And he'll be at the Kingdom Clubhouse conference in October. If you have yet to get tickets, you're not going to want to miss this incredible opportunity to connect with like-hearted and like-minded, both biblically sound, uh, business entrepreneurs who are putting their God, their faith, their freedom in who he is and who they are first. And that's exactly everything that Michael exemplifies. So tune in for this incredible connected podcast. And don't forget to like, review, and go get your tickets to Kingdom Clubhouse today. This is your God Wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Hey, 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 you guys, we are live in action and I'm so excited to be here with the one and only Michael Huey, Mike Huey, Mike, 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 Mike. everybody anybody ever called you Magic Mike? No, I wish. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> My coach no. is Mike Zeller and they call him Magic Mike and it always cracks me up, but from a marketing mindset, mastery, but your mastery is in so much more, even still in health, 
relationships, business, and our relationship being footed and rooted in God himself, which is such a magical thing to connect with somebody, even through the great interweb, and know that they're just rooted in who they are because of whose they are. And I am grateful to know you and to continue to get to know you and excited to share you with the Fit and Faith community today. It's it's so it's such an honor to be here. Uh, just even just the time we got to spend before we jumped on that we were like, oh, maybe we should be recording this. And so we prayed and we're like, let's go. Right. So that's why we're here. We're here to inspire and encourage and, and change people's lives. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's honestly a gift. And I'm excited because I think my podcast with you for the heat influence or he I would say heat influence. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah, you guys got to go listen to it. But it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about us. And it's about him. And so I want to just dive in. And I am one of those people that just likes to ask questions and probe. And because of our getting to know each other in this process over the last couple months, it's been really a, a gift and a blessing. But there's so many parts to who you are and to your story um, and to your placement right now that really intrigued me. One specifically is your faith. And two is this journey and evolution of entrepreneurship, which I know are totally different, but also one and the same. So I want you to just kind of take us back to like, where did this like idea deposit? Where did God shake you to say this is the bigger big? Mm, yeah, well, so even after college, I, I mean, I was the person in high school and college. I lived in an alcoholic father's home. I was told I'd never go to college, never graduate from high school. All those things. I mean, from more than just one, not only from just people, but from a teacher. And um, I laugh about that because my we were just talking, my wife and I were just talking about that story about how the, the first day at the school, at a new school that I went to, the, late, the girl that walked up to me, Tamara, at the table, you know, you're the new guy in town, right? And everybody knows you're coming because you're this great athlete. I was a great athlete. And this girl walks up to me and she sits down beside me and she says, are you Michael Huey? And I said, yeah. And she said her name and, and she said her name was Angie. And uh, just in case she watches well, I won't go into too much detail, but um, I, um, I said, and when she said her last name, I was like, is your dad Ronald? And she said, yes. And he was the, he was the, um, principal years prior to that that told me I'd never graduate from high school. And uh, I was like, really, God, like that person, like you sat that person down beside me. And then later on, um, you know, when we graduated, her and I were voted most athletic in our high school. And at the graduation, when I did graduate from high school, he walked by me and said, congratulations. And I don't even know if he realized, you know, years before that, what he had really said. Um, I just think in the moment I was struggling with some health issues, some seizures and some stuff and hyperactivity. And, you know, and I think he just his emotions got the best of him. And I think that happened sometime. But, you know, I went on to college as an athlete in college, graduated from from uh, Ohio State, from the Ohio State University. You got to say it right. But um, and then I I worked in the fitness industry for a while. And then I, I got an opportunity to move to Florida and I knew that I was called to entrepreneurship, but at the time I was still working for somebody else and didn't really like it. I was working so much and, and I was super successful. Like I was in the top 1% in the fitness industry for many years. You know, when other people were making 25 and $35,000 a year, I was making 75 and a hundred, which in the eighties, late eighties and nineties was a lot of money, but I was one of those people that didn't have concept for money. Right. Like I didn't, I wasn't saving money. Um, I, I went through 
spouts of where I was, where the Lord was like just waving at me, laughing, saying, okay, son, um, I'm waiting, right? Like Joseph, right? You know, and, um, and finally then I figured it out. I got it together. I spent some time. And I think I'd say one of the things I learned from that the most was the power of community, how we met and the power of, of the, of the church and the kingdom and how I went to Florida, didn't find a church, didn't stay connected. I think it's important. You know, the Bible even says, you know, um, we were talking about the show, the chosen, and they were talking about the sheep wandering away. Like Jesus goes through this explanation of what that means and how, you know, they get devoured. Right. And so for me, um, I got burnt out after 20 some years plus years of doing what I was doing. And, and I was like, there's gotta be a better way. Right. Like, and I kept hearing people say, well, shouldn't you be speaking on more stages and shouldn't, you know, you've taught for all these companies and you've had all this success. You should be having more success. Shouldn't you? And I was like, yes, I should be. Right. And so I was like, I started fasting and praying and God showed me all these doors. I, he opened up a door for me um, to have residual income and to make a massive impact in my life. And literally um, through that one decision of praying and fasting, it's allowed my family to get off of about 90% of their medications. It's allowed me to create uh, at a time, which I was sharing with Tamara before, when um, I brought a person into my business, uh, uh, the, my coaching business that almost bankrupted us. And I remember this like this, and I'll finish with this, that the call was like this with my wife one day. Um, we were talking about our spouses before we got on and just how they're very similar in their ways of doing things. And Tamara and I are very similar, right? That's why when we get a chance to spend time together, we'll be able to see how that, that, that goes. And, and um, it, it's, it's amazing because God connects us with people like that, right? And, and I was, as right before you, my friend Niku and her husband, they're kind of like that too. Niku's kind of like Tamara and I, and Kyle's kind of like, you know, our, our spouses, right? And I remember the call. My wife said, honey, uh, you should probably come home. And I was, try- I was actually at the, a mastermind I was just talking to Tamara about. And um, she said, you should come home after it's over and not go on to the next thing that you're going to do because we're almost bankrupt. I was like, what? And, you know, reality hit me. I was not fully, in, and this goes to what Tamara said, that she just got back from an event and what she learned to be present in the moment in every area of your life. Be fully present. You know, don't let the enemy get a crack in the door where he can deceive you and, deceptive, and be deceptive to you. And I was like, what happened? And she's like, well, you know, everything's going sideways. I'll talk to you about it when we get home. And then I realized, you know, after losing a half a million dollars, I was telling Tamara, I wish I had that money back now. But what I learned from it was, is that God is, owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hill. He has the availability to teach me through it. And he did. He taught me through it. And now I'm learning and now I'm not making those same mistakes. Now I'm not letting the devil have those cracks in there. And um, that's what led me to understand that um, I want to be able to give. I'm a giver. Uh, there was there was somebody talking this morning about giving on on Clubhouse and uh, Liza Borges and Joy. And God anointed me to give. My pastor actually said this to me a couple months ago. He said, you have the heart of Jesus when it comes to giving. And I thought, the more I can build an empire in my entrepreneurship journey, the more impact I can make in the kingdom from a financial standpoint. But I can also lead by example and show other believers, like Tamara and I were talking about earlier, that that's possible. You know, that you can divorce the outcome and marry the process and learn that process of growing and evolving and staying present in a moment. But I think now I'll just say this. 
I believe that the latter days of my life are going to be greater than the former days of my life. Why? Because now I'm rooted and grounded in God's perfect will, no longer in God's permissible. And I think the problem is, is a lot of people spend, my grandmother used to say this, she say, you'll spend three areas in your life. You either be out of God's will, you'll be in God's permissible will, or you'll be in God's perfect will. She said, the first one is not good. She said, the second one's really not too good, but it's better than the first one. She said, but the third one is where you need to strive to be. And I think for me, I get up every day now and say, I'm called to be an entrepreneur. I'm called to influence people. I'm called, called to build relationships with people. I'm called to speak from stages. And now I walk in that confidence. I think that that's the switch for me that made me understand my calling in entrepreneurship. Holy cow. I hope everybody was taking notes. And if you weren't, you need to go backwards. <laughs> that was so good. There was so much in there and so many angles that we could take this conversation. The thing that really spoke to me um, was this idea of that presence because I just had walked through this experience and recognizing that you had to be present in that emotion of hurt when that happened with your partner. You had to be present in the emotion of being outside of his perfect will and being in that permissible will and being willing and obedient enough to surrender and also accept conviction. And then to know that there was this part of you that was ingrained since birth of giving that that's not necessarily a fully cultivated concept, especially not by society right now. We know everything is greed and give me and take, right? And so for you to have that and that be the way that you show up in the world through that giver, servant leader mentality, everything else comes through that perfect will and abundantly comes alongside you organically, literally like without effort. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I went to this mastermind. You've gone to masterminds. We're learning everything in Clubhouse, which feels sometimes like a mastermind. There's all this information coming, and we're taking all of these notes, and we talk about the importance of needing very desperately to be sure that we are activating. Be sure that the things that we're taking are not just sitting there solely as an idea that's going into a note section or a notebook and that's the end of it. And so you've taken these ideas and that you've cultivated and you've utilized them as a tool belt to serve and to show up today. And the main word that I want people to grasp hold of is in confidence, right? Confidence is also something that I feel is very hard to come by because it's also not taught, but it can be learned. So talk to us about that evolution of confidence and how through the type of work that you do with your clients are imparting confidence in every choice that they make, whether it's from the kitchen to wherever they're going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super important from a confidence standpoint. It's even like when you look at, I I take a client for instance, that I had that was 71 years old that, you know, said he was dying. You know, the doc, the doctor said, you're dying. And now the doctor says he'll live to be 100. Now he's come to know the Lord. His wife was raised Jewish. She's come to know the Lord. And and he was the most unconfident person in the world. But it was because that had been instilled in him from, from a young child, right? Like, you know, this is what you're going to do. This is And, and I, I even see that, like, in, in, in my wife. You know, she her family is now all radically saved. And, and before it wasn't like that, right? And I think... Confidence comes when you put yourself around the right people that speak confidence in you. And I was, um, I was at a John Maxwell 
uh, leadership conference and a very small group of people. Um, and um, I asked John, why is intentionality so important? And he said, why is it important to you? And so he kind of put it back on me. Right. And if you know much about John, he always says, you know, you never correct somebody without encouraging them. Right. And I think confidence and it's, it's no coincidence. We talked about this at Bible study last night about confidence and about encouragement. I think when you're constantly being encouraged, it's like it's like your love language, right? When you're fulfilling another person's love language, their confidence builds. When you're walking in God's perfect will, confidence builds. But there's also confidence that can be gained when you're in the valley, right? Like um, my one of my wife and I's mentors, Dr. Carol Lane, she told me about a book uh, a while back um, that uh, was about the valleys in the Bible. And she said, if you live long enough, you know, past 50, you'll go through all these valleys in the Bible. And uh, someone asked her a question like, when did you learn the most? When did you get confidence the most? And she said, in the valley. She said, the valley and the confidence pushed me forward. And, and, and she gave this, this thing that I'll never forget. She says, did you ever notice that on, the, on each side of the valley, there's two mountaintops? Right? Oh, come on. Two hills, right? You know, and she said, um, that's what's most important. If you look at where you are and the growth and the confidence that comes from who you surround yourself and, and, and who pushes you forward to become your best self. And, and, and you were talking about, we were talking about Glenn Lundy and Breakfast with Champions. He did a talk about that, about doing this self-examination um, of what builds up your confidence. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you learning? Is that push? Is that put? It's just like you said, like um, we have to protect ourselves. I think our confidence comes when we protect the stuff that we bring into our, our life and how that stuff goes out, what we say, um, how we respond to people. I, I've really I've really grown leaps and bounds in my confidence because I've taken a step back to stop and say, wow. Is that going to edify this person and encourage this person? Am I going to judge this person? Um, and I'm like, no, I have to be present. I have to be present, like Cameron's talking about, to be confident for others, but to be encouraging to others, too, because other people are looking. Everybody's watching. People are watching what you're doing, and they want to know what can they learn from you or what you know, what are you going to say that makes them feel confident maybe or feel encouraged? And I think that that's the most important thing is, is that this was, this is what I would say last about that is I understood this. There were, I had a guy on my podcast a couple of months back named Daniel Quack, who was a pastor's son, 26 years old, was living in his car. And I, and he told his story. And at the end of it, I said, if you had to sum it up in one sentence, what would you say allowed you to become this person? He said, well, he said, the difference between wisdom and knowledge is action. I can learn and grow and do all this stuff. But if I don't take action on being more confident, showing up better, showing up in the moment, showing up for my kids, like Tamara talked about a situation where she had a decision to make. And, and I can just say this. I would say that as your son saw you making a choice, like you said, we all have a choice. It builded his confidence and protection in who his mom is and how important he, you, your kids are to you in that moment. And I, I believe 
that for me, being in a different atmosphere growing up, being an alcoholic father's home, I didn't have that. So I had to gain my own confidence outside my home. So if you're listening today and you're a parent, remember your kids are watching your every move. They're watching how you talk to your spouse. They're watching how you know you respond to things at work and how you respond to things. And I think that's super important when it comes to confidence. Yeah, that's super powerful. And interestingly enough, as you're speaking into me um, from that moment with my son, I'm thinking about my, my dad and, and my fathering experience now. And that even as a grown child, I still look to him for that air of confidence. And his words of affirmation don't meet me in the same way that my husband's words of affirmation meet me because my husband's words of affirmation are met with proof and met with truth. And so on the contrary, feeling like I know he loves me, but the choice that's being made is not me. And so if I chose to do that every single day for my son and I love you, I'm here for you. I'm present with you. Um, Like, let's do this together. I'm in this for you. And at the same time, I'm choosing every other thing that's likely on one of these devices that's not fully present with him. My words become less and his confidence then is taken to a lower level as well. And so it's not only critical for me to proclaim confidence, but that impartation of confidence based on my being, because it's caught and taught. It, people say it's caught, not taught or taught, not caught, but it's actually both. And so recognizing that this is it's not only an opportunity, it's an obligation, especially as a parent, but also as a coach or as a spouse or any of those things, because words of affirmation not backed up by the other representation, confidence then just gets muddied and it's it's nothing to stand firm on. So I I appreciate that perspective. And I'm thinking through my own valley moments and how confidence was cultivated in those places and thinking of the fact that I was, I mean, I was armoring up in the valley because I had nothing else to do. I was either dying and I was dying. I was dying to self, but, or I was literally going to take my life or I had to gain weapons so that I could warfare against the very thing that was keeping me entrapped in bed and in my own mind and my own head. And so I I never looked at it from the perspective that I gained confidence there. I always thought about it more of like a perspective of clarity, um, but also empathy. But honestly, without clarity and empathy, I wouldn't have confidence. Confidence that I could now go and serve someone extra well because I know what it feels like to be in that valley, which is exactly what you do. Yeah. And I think when you what you said there was really cool, because when you if you don't go through those areas in your life, how do you help other people that are there in those areas? Right. Like you, um, when I was, when Lisa and my wife and I were apart, um, my, a a friend of mine, pastor friend of mine called me and said, um, he said, you know, you're not lying to anybody. Right. And I was like, I'm lying to everybody we're talking about. Right. Like if you've never experienced spiritual warfare, which every believer does, they just don't, recognize it to grow from it and learn from it and many succumb to it it's like like you see many pastors fade away from the pulpit and you know the marriages end and all this stuff because they don't take a revelation of what the bible showed them when it comes to spiritual warfare and um and he said no this is what he said 
He said, you're one of the most encouraging people, confident people I know. He said, you're just believing the lies that the enemy is telling you is the truth. And I was like, as I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then I literally went out in the other room and, and the guy I was staying with, who's a missionary, said, you know, again, he said, um, your confidence is going to fade away. He said, because you have a noose around your neck and you need to cut that noose before your confidence is completely pulled away. And I was like, dang it. Right. Like, I get it now, because when you're in spiritual warfare, the, the devil just pulls you around. Right. And you can let that confidence be pulled down. But I just made a choice. I'm not going to let it be pulled down. I made a choice to re realize that um, I need to walk in who God's called me to be, not who man's called me to be, not my feelings, my emotions you know, anything is around me. And it's like, you know, um, go, go and walk in it and be in it. And like you said, be in the present because it's super important. Well, what's interesting about that too, is there's this conversation of confidence and ego, right? And understanding that confidence is not ego. And ego is not confidence. Just because somebody is confident does not mean that they are not egotistical. And confidence is really where we get to stand, and it's a gift to be able to do that. But ego will get in the way of the most confident person. And when that happens, that's when it's going backwards. That's when the derail happens. That's when the one leaves the 99 because they're astray from the confidence maker who is God himself, the creator, right? So interesting. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we've put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step by steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos. Us live in action. Let's create that human-to-human -human connection. So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever. <laughs> it's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. 
Um, I have a question as you're talking through just the development of how you serve people and knowing that we parallel in the health and wellness space um, and fitness is a huge passion of mine and personal training was a part of my resume back in the day. How are you helping to impart what you know? Because it's not just like, hey, go work out. Hey, lift weights. You you actually teach people something way deeper about their physiology, their genetic makeup. Um, and I find it just so amazing. So I'd love to hear you teach more about it. Yeah, I think that it's funny you ask that because it's changed over the last 10 years. I think this confidence thing and this challenge thing is I want to, when I, after I read Brendan Burchard's book and uh, I realized that you needed to be, if you wanted to be smarter and, and, and better, John Maxwell says, if you're the smartest person in the room, get out of that room. Right. Like, and if you can see, I mean, behind me, I got a lot of John's books behind me and I've read them all. Uh, I actually grew up in his church when he was 23 years old. I was like or he was 26 year old. I was like four or five and I was going to the church that he was at, you know, and now he's I mean, which is funny. And, um, at that time I was still, my dad was not alcoholic, So I wasn't really recognizing a lot of that stuff. And I suppressed a lot of that stuff. And I, I found out later on in life that John was the pastor of the church I was going to. And it's just funny. Cause I kept thinking, I know John somewhere. And, and then God brought this stuff back to me. But the, the, the confidence for me is, is learning to teach people about their own, DNA, their own genetics, like Tamara's, I saw, if you guys haven't noticed, Tamara's mom is now working with her and um, her mom looks like her, which is funny, you know, like, she's like, I got the best genes in the world. And I'm like, yes, you do. And uh, her mom looks, looks like her age and her, and her mom's my age, right? So the same thing with Mia too. Like, I feel like I did in my thirties again because of this. And I made a change 10 years ago. So I, I had 30 plus certifications recently last year. I got nominated for a PhD in holistic nutrition. And I was like, there's just got to be something different. People are still struggling. People are still, even the healthiest people, like, you know, you, you can see some of the healthiest people I know, people that we know even on, on different, on the platforms that we follow have got COVID. They've got, you know, and have been super, super sick. Some of them have got it multiple times, Right. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. You know, heck, my family got it. I didn't get it. And I was around them all the time. So the, my testimony for me is, is that I started doing DNA testing and epigenetics testing. And I started being able to take people who were struggling on medications and changing that around. Even my father, who was on 19 medications at one time, and now he was supposed to die at 69. And last week was his 81st birthday. Right. And um, it, it you know, and, and as people get older, they really don't really care a lot. Like, it, it, you know, when they get to 65, people are like, oh, I'm retired, right? And and last time I checked, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it tells me about retirement, right? Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on going. And and I'm going to, and, and like like one of my spiritual fathers and mothers, uh, Lisa drove, and I drove back over to Clearwater a couple because they retired from the church, but they didn't retire from their ministry. They started a bigger ministry and started the, 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 the wife is working um, in kids ministry and doing that stuff because that's their calling. Your calling never stops. For me, my challenge is to be a step ahead of people. Like if I can't figure something out, it's funny. Um, I was talking to you about Niku earlier. She texted, sent me a picture. Her and one of my newest best friends, Dr. Phil Carson were on a call together and they were sending me pictures while they were together. Why? Because the Bible says two are better than one, Right. When one falls down, you have the other people. If you're not open to growing and learning from other people, then you're dying on the inside. You're literally 
not open to things that could better your health, right? And I, I can't judge that person. I, I, I'll be honest with you. This is the biggest piece of this, Tamara, is I, I used to get really attached to the responses of people. Like, I know I can help them. But as I said to you before, some of the smartest minds in the kingdom are dying on the inside and they've, they've missed that piece. And God gave me this. I'll finish with this. God gave me this revelation. Uh, I have a, a stand that I use sometimes when I'm doing conferences, if I'm doing virtual conferences and I like to stand up and it's, and instead of a normal stand, it's got three legs, right? And, and the Holy spirit showed me that a lot of people, even knowing that we have a spirit, soul and body, they get the spirit and the soul part, right? But they don't have the body. You know, some people, their genetic testing will come back and it says they're plus 20 their age. Well, if they're 60, that means they're 80, right? And for me, um, that switch for me years ago, I was about the same as my cellular age. And I was, um, I did a test uh, uh, in 2019 with Naveen Jain, which is a, that he brought in like Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield and all of these amazing people. And I was in the top five in every category out of a hundred of the top healthiest people. And I thought, man, I want to be number one. Right. Like, what can I do to be number one? Top five is always great because there's 95 other people that are wanting to get where you're at. Right. But I'm like, what can I learn and who can I learn from? So I just started surrounding myself. I go into Clubhouse sometimes and I block it out in my schedule where I just listen to people. And I listen to people talking about epigenetics and gene expression and how there's a way now to tap into systems inside your body rather than supplementing your body. And I've known it for 10 years. And now. If you know, if you know technology, I mean, look at, look at, um, you know, look at Apple. It took them 39 years to become a trillion dollar company and almost went bankrupt numerous times. Technology in our field is changing. Just like you said, you know, if change is inevitable, right? It's, it's, it's caught and taught, right? And so if you're not learning and growing and evolving, you're dying. And it's, it's, I think it's why now I believe this in the next three to five years, I'll make, I'll make a more significant impact than I have in probably the last 10 to 15 years, because my mindset is different. My thought process is different. And, and, and my walk with God is different. I'm, I'm, if you, and and I'll share this 30 seconds. I, I had a dream where God came into my dream back before COVID started. And, um, and I, and I asked him why we were there and, and I could go into long, but I'll just keep it short is that I had, there was a row of doors in front of me and they were perfect. They were, they were gleaming and the light was shining. It was black around them and the doors were open. And behind me was, a, was a, a same row of doors as mile long, but they were all broken. Some of them were okay. Some of them were broken. Some of them were on their side. And, and, the, and, the, and there was a door on the right and Jesus walked into my dream and he grabbed the hold of my arm and he said, I said, Lord, why are we here? And he said, this is your life. He said, this is your former life. This is your present life. He said, I want you to pump the brakes on your permissible will, which was this life. And he, and he came around behind me and he put his hands around here like blinders. And, and he did this in other dreams. So I, 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 I've said, and he said, and then this is the revelation that I got. He, as he put his hands beside me like that, he said, close your eyes. And I closed my eyes and he said, can you see it? Can you see it? And then he said it three times like he does many times, right? He said, can you see it? And then the door on the left closed. And in an instant, he was gone. And what he, what he was showing me was is that 
He wants me to do life with him in his perfect will rather than doing it partially with him in my permissible will. And that's why I believe that he put his hands around my eyes because he wants me to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that's receptive to his perfect will. And that's me learning and growing and evolving and making a bigger impact. So, yeah, that's that's so good. It's so good. And it's so wild because I've had experiences with Jesus who his hands are connected to my face as well and not in the same way, but like holding my cheeks and just like lifting my chin to his face. And I feel like that's the moment, like that's the pivotal shift of permissible to perfect. And obviously us not calling ourselves perfect, just mind you, waving a flag over here of surrender every day. But there is this deep knowing within me that when I get to show up for the day, which is from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I get to stand in his presence, in his knowing, with his hands in my face if I choose to stay locked on his face versus the many other doors that will come into my line of sight and knowing that everything nowadays is dressed really well. Everything looks like the right thing or the good opportunity or the big opportunity or the big break. And yet if you're not bringing it into alignment with who he's called you to be and your individual calling, what might look good or right for somebody else isn't always good or right for you. And that was really what our conversation was before we got on here about like hours deposited into certain social media realms or deposited with certain clients or not clients or just where are you showing up is the question. And if you're looking for the confidence to show up to somewhere well, it's partially in action that that confidence is established. When you're in a valley, you don't get to just sit there, arms crossed, poor me, poor my, I'm going to sit right here and look around. There is an activation of, let me stand up, brush myself off, bring on the posse of people, because that inner circle is so, so critical, and let's head up to that mountaintop together. Amen. Right? And we've all been in that valley. Sometimes we start in the valley. Sometimes we have to go back to the valley. Like This is a, this is a cycle of life. But I feel like once you're in that place, he actually grabs hold of your face. The valley never looks the same. Doesn't mean it's not hard, but it never looks the same because that sense of identity and that sense of confidence is on an instant deposited. So my question to the people listening today and can be a further question to you even is what next? What now? If the bigger big is is right here before you and you have an opportunity to impart to somebody what is it that you would impart? And is it through the lens of health or is it through the lens of heart? Yeah, I think you taught me something a couple of weeks ago, which was really funny. We, we hear this cliche thing and she knows where I'm going because she's smiling um, is, you know, we always hear the, the you know, you got to be around more like minded people. Right. Uh, we know that that doesn't always work just because a person is like minded with you. Some like minded relationships lead to codependency. Um, um, if you ask me one thing I learned from what I went through in, in 19, oh, 19, 18 and 19 was to be aware of codependent relationships where I had a friend that I really wanted. I loved him, um, his passion for God, but his, his external shell 
was broken. And I kept trying to fix that. And, you know, um, I send a book wild at heart to almost all my clients that I work with. And we send captivating, which is the women's version to women that we work with. And, and my wife went to the captivating retreat and I went to the the minute, uh, wild at heart men's, uh, retreat. And if you're not a fan of John Eldridge, you, you should be, cause he's just this incredible, uh, man of God. And he taught most of the things. And a lot of the things are based on movies and stuff that how they teach. And if you can see, you can see lightness and darkness in movies. And everywhere you go, Lisa and I pointed out all the time how the Holy Spirit is active in movies. It's just, I think it's why my wife and I are movie buffs, because we don't see rated R movies. We only see movies that we look at on like focus on the family and stuff. And I think for me, what drives me is, is this, Tamara. Um, um, Scott Simons talks about it, but he doesn't go into too much detail about it. There's a, a talk that um, I just happened to go to TEDx. Uh, for free a couple years ago because I was actually going to another mastermind and it happened to be the same weekend in Vegas and I was like oh this is simple I'll just go and and, and it was free and my friend Cole Hatter who's a former YWAM missionary um, got this grant gave him this big suite and so we were upstairs in the suite the whole time and and Ed Milet did a talk and this is what drives me this is what drives me every day and when Scott talks about it I wish he would go into a little bit more detail about it but here's what Ed says he says, we're believers. I'm a Christian. He says, I'm not imposing my belief system on you. He said, but I have a relationship with God and there's a difference. And he said, here's what I believe. I believe that God is creating this Michael, this Tamara, this whoever's listening today. And he's got all these gifts and all these talents and everything that's in there, right? All their brokenness, but all this healing is going on, right? And he said, one day I have to stand before God. You can't stand before God for me. I can't stand before God for you. But when I stand before God, I want to see that person that God's created. And I want him to be my twin, not a stranger. Think about it for a minute. It's the same thing that the God said to me. Can you see it? Can you see it? And if you're thinking about that today, hopefully if you're driving, do that sometimes. Close your eyes and ask yourself. Can you see it? Can you see that person that God's called you to be? Can you? And this is what how Ed finished it. He said, I want to be able to put my arm around him, that, that person, that, that Tamara that God's created, that Michael that God's created, whoever's listening, that person. And I want to hear him say in this ear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in the paradise. Because I think when you know you have a calling on your life, you constantly should be, you know, I said this about my, you know, about most people who don't know where they're going or they don't know what that feels like to have that intimacy with God and to have that push and to have the Holy Spirit pulling you and pushing you. Sometimes they quit or give up or they get discouraged or they just stay in the valley, right? They just stay in the valley like you said, or they slide back down the hill because they're constantly getting up and staying in that. But I think when you have that passion to be better, to grow, to want to be that person that God called you to be, you get up every day and you, you know, I wake up every day. My friend uh, Theo Koulianis, who is now the pastor of Todd White's church in um, Fort Worth, um, Lifestyle Christianity, they just built this massive church. And my friend is the, is the associate pastor with Todd White. And he said, this is how I start my day. I get up in the morning and I say, good morning, Jesus. I love you. 
And he said, when I go to bed, I say, good night, Jesus. I love you because his focus is on what's important. And I think for me, once I focus on becoming that person that God's called me to be, I set those boundaries and the, and, and then my potential is unlimited. My potential of confidence and all the things that God's called me to be in that person become manifested. And I drive every single day to be that person. There's a, I'll finish with this. There's a little sign right here in my office, Tamara, that says, wake, pray, and slay. And as I think about what we've talked about, that's, that's drives me every single day. Cause I come up here and I pray. And I listen to a little bit of Glenn in the morning and I do my devotions and I look at, I stop and I look at that sign because that's my calling. My calling is that I, I've got to pray and then I've got to go and allow myself to stay focused on the things of God and not let the enemy distract me. And so I think that that's, what's most important. That's what drives me. That's what's next for me being in God's perfect will and becoming all that God's called me to be. And I think if you're listening today, that should be the same because remember God is no respecter of people. What he's done for Tamara, what he's done for me, he can do for you. And and if you're not there, you can figure it out. So, hope that helps so today. you're so right. And it's been such a treasure to like, just see uh, our relationship evolve over the last couple months and getting to know your wife a bit. And we've had some comical text conversations recently, but we'll talk about that offline. Um, but knowing that there are people who are waking and praying and slaying, in different parts of the country, in different parts of the world, allows me to feel even more empowered in the same why, right? And to know that there is this army rising up in the midst of a valley, a valley of COVID, a valley of political unrest, a valley of war, a valley of whatever trauma or situation you could point, we could name hundreds of thousands of them probably. And yet there's an army rising up. And you have an opportunity alongside Michael and I to be with us. And so we are definitely people who want to pray with you in that process, to be with you in that process, to support you in the process. And the cool thing about this is, even though this is an entrepreneur's podcast, you didn't hear about how you can come into relationship with us as a client. You came and you heard about how you can come into relationship with us as a brother or sister. And that's all that matters. So we love you. Michael, I'm so grateful for you. You guys have to go listen to the Influence podcast. And everything is in the places and the comments and all that jazz. But for such a time as this, friend, I'm grateful to know you. Grateful to stand alongside you. Grateful to know you, too. Thank you for this time together today. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Bye, y'all. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer. 
So I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.